winter. Hello and welcome to What We Do in the Winter. This is the 44th episode in this series of podcasts from the Isles of Mull, Iona, Ulva and Gometra. I'm Alistair Satchel. I live outside of Dervig in the north of Mull and I'll be your host today. In this episode, I talk with Morug and Dougie Campbell of Sunipal in the north of Mull, near Kayach. I first met Morug by the local meat section in Dougie's shop, Dervig, about a year and a half ago. I just chanced my arm and spoke to her in Gaelic. She responded very politely, and we chatted about how good the meat was. Switching to English, I asked her if she would ever think about speaking to me for a podcast series I'd been thinking about doing. With some degree of hesitancy, she said, Yes. I'm absolutely delighted that I was able to get both herself and Dougie to chat. There's something particularly magical about hearing Murug's love of Glasgow and its contrast to her life before that that is very special indeed. Originally from Grimsey and the Outer Hebrides, Morig will be well known to many listeners here on the island as a midwife. In fact, she brought more than a couple of listeners to the podcast into the world. Dougie was born in Achahoish and moved to other locations in Argyllshire before settling here on Mull with Morig. Morig and Dougie lived, at one point, on Gometra for a few years, which they describe with great clarity. It's fascinating to get a glimpse at Gometra in a time now past. Now, you'll notice that the sound in this episode isn't quite the best, for which I do apologise. The microphone was at a distance from Morig, although I did manage to move it closer as the episode progresses, so please excuse me. I'll be back at the end of the podcast with more havers. Now, with great pleasure, I give you Morig and Dougie Campbell. Right, well, I'm Mora Campbell. And who are you, sir? Dougal Campbell. Dougie, if it's okay to ask you, where were you born? Oh, I told you already. <laughs> well, we're starting again. Ah, if that's okay, yes. Achahoish. Achahoish in Argyllshire. Argyllshire. Uh, and how, when, if you don't mind me asking, when were you born? Oh, a long while ago, 1925. Really? Oh, is that right? Oh. Yes. Gosh, right, okay. 1925, yeah, that's that's a, 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 some years ago. And uh, <laughs> did you um, grow up there or did your family move around? Yeah, family moved around quite a bit. Uh, Within Argyllshire or abroad? Or? No, in Argyllshire. Did you go further east into Cowell or anything at all? No, mostly a place called, well, one of the flutes, Ardefour. Oh, aye. That's near Duntrun Castle. Mm-hmm. And uh, a place near Cairnban. Helen Shona. There's the photograph of your dog. I was young at that time. Helen Shona. Shona, aye. Gosh. Um, my um, family, going back about four generations, we come from Kars. So oh, near to the valley, kind of way, well, kind of north uh-huh. of there, but uh, so, uh, well, that's a lot of you folk belong that way. Uh, so we might be related. Could that's, be. Any McEwans in the family? That's where they all are at Carsig. Ah, of course. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, that you were in uh, in service during the war. Aye, uh, near the end of the war. Uh, what was your regiment? What were you? Uh, Royal Scots Fusiliers. So where did you serve with the Royal Scots Fusiliers? 
What did you do and what was the, the role of the army in Delhi at that point? The ones that had been in Burma and such like were a lot of them were ready for retiring. Right. So they were replacing them with us. And you said that uh, you were there just as Mountbatten came in. Aye. How did it feel as a... Did it feel uneasy? Did it feel easy? Oh, I didn't care. I didn't care very much about it yeah. that time. I know in Weevil's son, he was a... Oh, so he was killed later on. Sorry. One of them. Right. And after India... Where did you go after India? Where did you go? Onto a boat home. <laughs> uh, indeed, yeah, yeah. I back home when I was well, here and there. I was down here camping with Nancy and Archie and there for, for a while. Before I did anything special. North or south of Campbellton, which bit was it? Is it Below where the Beatles had their farm. Very nice, aye. Park farm, aye. Right. So, if you don't mind me asking, what was it that brought you to Mull? Eh, the job at Queenish. <laughs> what was your role when you were there? Were you working with the stock? Were you working... I working with the sheep, with the sheep aye. It wasn't very long there. I went to, went to Gometra. Ah. That's where I went to Gometer from. Right. So, if going, looking at Queenish for a second, can you remember any of the characters who worked there with you at all? Anyone, is there anyone that stands out at all? There's that man, Clark, from Veracity. He, he was there before before me, I think. Mm-hmm. And then there was Alec Ban, of course. Yes. <laughs> what was Alec Ban like? Oh, he was quite all right, aye. He was all right, aye. He was an interesting old boy. Did you know Pedro as well? Peter? Peter. Yeah. I, he, he, he loved it good, didn't he? I believe so. And Which Maggie. One? Peter? Peter. Peter. Aye. Which Peter? Peter. Peter was a brother. Would be a, would have been a nephew of Alec Barnes. Yes, aye. And it was Hugh that was lived at Coon. Well, it was Hugh, Hugh, was aye. Hugh, Hugh was a brother. And Maggie. Maggie was a sister of Alec Barnes. So what was it that, that, that took you to Gometra, first of all? What what, what was it that, that made you go go there? Pedro's salary, I think. Really? Oh, I would think so, yes. Pedro's conditions. Uh-huh. <laughs> so what age were you when you went to Gometra? Were you in your 20s? No, you wouldn't be in your 20s. You'd be in your 30s. Uh-huh. Gosh. <laughs> well, in your 30s. And how, if you don't mind me asking, how did the two of you meet? On the mainland. Whereabouts in the mainland? We met in Berkaldin. Oh yes, uh-huh. I had I had relatives that lived in Berkaldin, and I was up for a short holiday with them from Glasgow. And it was the, at the opening of the hall of the new hall in Berkaldin. There was a big social, a dance, and a Kaylee, and we met at that Kaylee. That's fantastic. Because he was working up. Well, you Gosh, and you, rem- you remember the Kaylee very well then? How could I forget it? <laughs> Good <laughs> for you. Do you remember <laughs> who the band were? <laughs> it could it could have been uh, just uh, the lo- lo- local ones. It was Debbie McDonald that 
and uh, various ones. There was a whole lot of people, you see, played instruments and they just got together for these social things. That's lovely. So that's where we met. Now the rest is history. So he was in Gometra when mm. we got married. Right. And were you in Glasgow at that point yourself? Or? No, I was working in Argyle by that time. Mm -hmm. We got married at Loch Gilpid. Where is it that you were born yourself? <laughs> I was born in Grimsey, North Uist. <laughs> and when we chatted in Doogie Shop the mm -hmm. other, other week, we were talking about the change in the island and how the causeways changed it. And mm -hmm. um, one of the things you talked about was the sands, how that should get. Can you say a little bit about that? Yes, because the causeways you know, were solid. Yes. Apart from the arches, they left for, for for boats to get to get through at high tide and that sort of thing, and no longer was the sands getting getting the the current, roughly going through it and cleaning the you know and you you know you how how soil always goes right down onto sands. Yeah, and it's it darkens sands if it's not washed with the tides. And uh, that's it. I noticed it uh, the first time I was out there after the causeways. Was, uh, the beautiful silver sands had gone, and I'm sure they'll be worse now. You see, the, the, eventually they'll get something like, you know, at ours there. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, we called in Gaelic, loch. 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 Yes, we're just, just a mixture of sand and mud. Uh. Yeah, I but then, of course, their standard of, of living has increased <laughs> great. <laughs> everybody, everybody, all of a sudden, had cars instead of having to to uh, commute everywhere by boat. <laughs> yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. And which part of the island are you from yourself originally? Of Grimsey. Of Grimsey. Aye. Oh, I was from Shenavala, which is in Yaradu. Right. And was that, uh, what size of house? Was that was that a, a traditional... Traditional uh, board of agriculture. Ah! <laughs> All board of agriculture's out there. Yeah. That was the best thing that ever happened to the Highlands and Islands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The grant, not the grant so much, it was the loan. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what made the crofters, because nobody could... You know, like if a mortgage was still, oh, no. I don't doubt very much if, if crafters even can get mortgages now. I think they got their loan, loans over 25 years and then they got the grant. I think okay. that's the way it worked. So the land that your, your folks were on, was it uh, mostly crafting land that they were on themselves or were on the shore as well? Or? Well, we were practically on the shore, yes. Uh huh. And were you working on the craft as a kid as well yourself? As a kid? Yeah. Oh, heavens, yes. As soon as you could walk, you were... <laughs> yeah. And what you'd were be, the chores that stuck be, in? Well, you, you'd be feeding the calves. Aye. And uh, land was very scarce, so you had them tethered too, and you'd have to shift them occasionally. Aye. That was children's work. Yeah. You, you had to be responsible from an early age. Then at the harvest time you'd be you'd be putting the stooks up. Lovely. <laughs> so that was the kids that put the stooks up. Oh yes, mm. oh, definitely four. You had to have four. Right. Otherwise they would not not stand. <laughs> you could six. You could put six in. Right. Yes. I'm talking about wartime. There was hardly any men of or, uh, of 
that middle group was missing. Yes. There was just children and old people yeah. left. The rest were away in the forces. They were either in the in the navy or or in the army or or in the air force. So your family were they were they from Grimsley originally? Were they from? Uh... My mother was yes. My father was not. He's been he was really from the west side, and the great grandfather and the and the grandfather were been pushed out of the good land towards the badlands all the time. Yes. <laughs> Until they arrive at Cladach Carnish and then Grimsey, which is what very, very little arable land and lots of stone. Well, Cladach, yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> it's renowned for being stony beaches, yeah. <laughs> yes. And mm-hmm. what was the reason that was moving them uh, from the good land all the time was it the politics? Of, well, of course, well, it was to make farms to 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 be um, rented out and to get better rents for the for the landowner. Mm. And your working life was as a nurse. Mm-hmm. How did you train as a nurse? What what was the and what was the impetus for you to go and and, and go into nursing? Well, and a lot of my sisters actually, when when we were a big family, I'm one of nine, and there were six girls. So a lot of my sisters were, were in nursing. And also, you must remember that it was a, it was a very useful uh, uh, training and a very useful job for yeah. people coming into a city because in those days there was such a thing as nurses' homes. Ah, goodness. And you were accommodated. You had accommodation. Of course, well, when when you knew that uh, your sisters had uh, had been nursing, you, you had a fair idea what you were going into. There, there was not the same opportunities with education in my day. No, I was just born too soon, before all the things came came in that that helped you to pay for, for for your higher education. You see, my father died when I was fifteen months. So therefore, sorry, I, no. my mother was a single parent, when you think. With that so many bit. children. Oh, well, the lot is, quite a few of them were away by that time. <laughs> because everybody has to, has to go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh. So how many of you uh, growing up in the house were there when you were wee then? Was, was it just... Well, during the war. Mm-hmm. Well, just, just myself and Margaret and Donald and, and my mother. And well, and and, and Chris Kirsty, but Kirsty was Kirsty was was <laughs> alleged to be a lot cleverer. She had won the bursary, so she was she had money that was paying for for higher education. Wow! You see, that's the only that was your only chance of, of uh, then, and it was only four people in the whole of North Uist that got the bursary each year. Goodness me. So where did well, she go? Well, within Bernestshire at that time. Okay. Yeah. So did she go to Starnaway or did she go to... No, no. Behead, first of all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember a time when there was two schools in Grimsey. Two schools? Mm-hmm. There was one in Callan and one in Grimsey, and the one in Grimsey was two teachers. That must have been... And that was, that's the 40s I'm talking about. Yeah, like, that must have been dozens of children. Exactly. Gosh. And then, and then two, two years ago, there was two children going out to primary school. 
Mm-hmm. And they were going to Karnish that time. Right. Of course, they closed Karnish now. And they closed the door, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was it like moving from Grimsey to Glasgow? Marvellous. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, what made it so appealing? <laughs> well, well it, Glasgow was not new to me because I had been since... Since I was 12, I had been rather a lot backwards and forwards to Glasgow because my I had been very ill, actually, when I was 12, and I I was a whole term off to school. And I hadn't... Uh, my eldest sister was married in Glasgow, and that was a home from home, and she was really my surrogate mother. That's lovely. So, uh, Where about some time did she live? Was she in Partick or was she in Govan or...? Well, she was in Ibrox. Oh, right, okay. Yes. <laughs> South side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so forth. So I, I, most holidays I, I was out there with her. So what did you do in Glasgow? What was it that made it special as opposed to home? Pictures. Wow, <laughs> fantastic. Are there any that stick Cowboy in films <sighs> and Tom and Jerry cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> My son loves both of these things and still says <laughs> Tom and Jenny is timeless. They weren't really made for, for, for children, weren't they? They're made for the whole family. Exactly. Uh, yes, really about, yeah. and I, I love the Warner Brother ones mm-hmm. as well, Chuck Jones's ones. Mm-hmm. I think Daffy Duck and all that. Yeah. They're just, they're magical. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we, we, as uh, adults, we, we, used to go, we used to go and watch them as well. So it was a picture that was nearly around uh, every corner in Glasgow when I was a teenager. Where did you go to to study to be a nurse in Glasgow? Well, when uh, I did my fevers first because you could get into nursing at 17 there. What are, what are fevers? The, the, no, it's no longer a, a, a infectious disease, diseases. It was a, a separate certificate because there was an awful lot of, of infectious diseases then. And what was, what think was of all the things you had. Scarlet fever, yeah, you think of, diphtheria, and a poliomyelitis. An awful lot. That was a tragic thing. Of course. A lot of a lot of young fit people. They yeah. were nearly always fit, nearly always fit people. Yeah. Funny enough, that took polio. And and the same with the children. They were nearly all from good clean homes. Yeah. yeah. And used to sort of think that the little ones that were allowed to go outside and play in the gutter, they were oh. getting tiny little bits of immunisation. Of course, yeah, 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 of course, the, 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 the dirt in it would be the yes. thing, wouldn't it? An awful lot of it was TB, tuberculous meningitis, which was a desperate thing altogether. I've never heard of that. You didn't? Oh, because I know TB, but not TB meningitis. TB man- meningitis, until streptomycin came in, three weeks was your stretch of life. De- developed that. Uh-huh. And was that administered orally, or was that administered through injection? Or uh, first of all, it was in, it was in, administered into the spinal cord, with the, into the spinal canal. Oh, that's horrible. With lumbar puncture, 
and we had a lot, an awful lot of, uh, we had an awful lot of uh, sad things happening because sometimes it went for the people's sight and hearing, and sometimes for both, until they refined it. When the drug was refined, it was different. So that would be an inflammation of, of the, the meninges and, and the actual brain tissue, yes, the brain good. sac. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good God. Mm -hmm. And is that mostly gone now? Mostly gone, yes. But but we still we're still getting tuberculosis in this country. And so you were learning how to do lumbar punctures as a nurse. No, right. Certainly not. <laughs> I was going to say it's the most I don't complicated think thing. Many nurses would be still allowed to do that. That's extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very specialised thing. Yeah. And and and, and uh, <laughs> you need a. A doctor who knows what he's doing, or he could do a lot of damage. <laughs> yeah, no walking for you, yeah, totally. Oh, yes, uh-huh. So the... Um, we just always assisted, and then there was, there was you know, ways that you, you held the child or the, or the person, you know, so that the consultant would get the, the right place to put the needle in. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. And so when you went further into your training, did you... I went to the Glasgow Royal then, mm -hmm. did my general. Mm -hmm. And did you do any specialism within within that? Was it general nursing that you did? General nursing, yes. Uh -huh. And then afterwards I went and did midwifery. So your practice when you started in Argyllshire, Argyllshire was both midwifery and general nursing? That's right. Because and I had I had done my, my community certificate with the Queen's Nurses. You've heard of them? No, who are they? Oh, that's it now. Who are they? Yeah. They've gone as well. <laughs> where, where were they based? They were based everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> because this, this was the first community nurses that, that, that started up. Really? Uh-huh, yes. So the so the health service starts in they were they were there long before the health service. I was going to say yeah, so oh, it's yes. it's preempting that. Oh yes, yes, into the uh, the end of of the eighteen hundreds, yes. Mm -hmm. Gosh. Mm -hmm. So how um, how were they to work with? What was that experience? Were they very formal? Well, well, they were very formal. Funny enough, we were never addressed as nurses or sisters or anything. But you are you are always miss. Yeah. And everybody was a miss in those days because, do you know, it was only recently that people, once they were married, were, were really allowed to keep on these professions, teaching us the same. You were taught a different way of approach to people because you were going to be nursing in the community. You were going to be coming into people's homes instead of patients coming into a ward to you. So what were the different skills that they were looked at, at at that time then how was that different what what did you have to learn oh the first thing you had to learn was how to make do <laughs> fantastic <laughs> improvising exactly <laughs> to, to utilize whatever you could lay your hands on <laughs> and do it carefully right. mm -hmm. did they deal with childbirth as well Oh heavens, yes. Oh yes. So what did we did a lot of that, and then and the births were all at home. Yes. Uh -huh, yes. I, I guess yeah. the majority of births when you were working in Mull were mostly at home as well. Would that be no, right? No, 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 no. Mostly at Glenaris. No, they were pushing them into hospital. Most of the of the birth we got here on, in Mull eh, was usually 
after they'd be sent home from a clinic saying, oh, you're too early <laughs> next week. And then that night they would go into labour. <laughs> Do you remember the first baby that you brought into the world? Well, I don't because, honestly, the, I I did my I did my midwifery training in a wee hospital at the east end of Glasgow, mm-hmm. and Glasgow Royal had just taken it over. Okay. The the gynaecological department had taken it over, and they were pushing us into this little hospital. And of course, the one that had the big reputation of training was Rotten, Rotten Row. Row. Yes, yeah. In Rotten Row, there was. Oodles of medical students who was who was needing to to be trained and wanting so forth. With the result, the nurses were not getting them. But, but honestly, oh, I'm not telling I'm telling you a lie. That in 24 hours, in in the labour ward in the at that hospital in, in Glasgow, you could have ten deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> That's huge. So, it's huge. That's yeah. rather so. You had all this experience, and you you, you had. Oh, that's you brilliant. Was, uh, and the and the and the doctors hadn't got alerted to the fact that there was all these. Uh-huh, they were still going to rotten row because of the reputation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the reputation it had actually was that you didn't get as many deliveries and you didn't have the experience. Really. Mm-hmm. Gosh, so that so when you came to, to nursing rurally, that must have been a great consolation to oh. you that you had such experience. Yes, and then of course with with the Queen's in part of, of of your training before you sit any exams, well, well, you you did you have you had community work to do with the Glasgow Corporation, as it was at that time, had a squad of midwives themselves, and that's the ones you went out with. Okay. And you've got a lot of cases on the district as well with, with them. Well, later on, you see, we joined the Queen's and uh, you were on community. And as I said, there were, there were so many deliveries at home. But, but Glasgow Corporation was wonderfully organised then. <laughs> I don't know what they're like now. Probably not very good. But, but from what I read, but, but they were because... Now my area was Govan. All right, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. And we were, we were affiliated with the flying squad in the Southern General. Okay. And if anything went wrong, you got the flying squad. And it was wonderful. There was, it, a fully fitted ambulance came out with a consultant there and everything. We were there within a quarter of an hour. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was it was an amazing service, and and the, the shame of it is that it disappeared. Okay. Of course, the, a lot of the doctors were pushing for for the patients to be delivered in hospital. That it needs to stop having these community air. <laughs> and then, of course, nowadays the no now. That it was much safer at home mm. if they had, if you had these facilities that I'm talking about. Yeah. You didn't have any infections. Yeah. Whereas in hospital, you can be rest assured they will have. <laughs> tricky, very tricky mm-hmm. indeed. So, with all those kind of considerations in mind, how did you feel coming to work rurally 
in Argyllshire? What would what would were there any considerations that you had uh, when you took on the job? Well, everybody after a time you you need a change of scene that you were qualified enough to. We had you had the experience of several years of of working in uh, in the community in 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 the town and in the city. You could do it easily in a rural, which. Uh, Mm-hmm. It's certainly not easy in rural areas sometimes. <laughs> no. But no. Uh, we certainly don't didn't have that, never had that facility that I'm talking about of the, mm. of the ambulance and the consultant. And Gometra. <laughs> well, I was not. I was not practicing when I was in Gometra. Yes. From, I did. I did some. Uh, Locums down Bonessen the first year we were married. Goodness me, that's a quite a journey. Oh no, no, I stayed down there. Okay. It was actually quite amusing because I think the first time I went down there, I'd only been married by about less than a month, wasn't it? And some of the farming fraternity <laughs> was saying that she's left him already. <laughs> <laughs> because you see, it was unheard of for women to work. Really? Once they got married. Honestly, I'm not talking. This is 61, I'm talking about. Let's see. Jinx. My first baby in, in, I delivered in Mull was at Vanessa. Do you remember who it was? Indeed, I see her nearly every day. Who is it? Mary Martin. Fantastic. <laughs> Gosh. Mm hmm. That's quite something. Every day I'm in Derwig, nearly every day I'm in Derwig. Mm-hmm. So, Gometra, you come and live in Gometra with your married life. Mm-hmm. How did that feel, having come from Grimsey, and another remote community? Which which felt more remote, Gometra or Grimsey, or Glasgow? Well, it's it, it, certainly a remote. Oh, well, this is a difficult term, isn't it? It's very difficult, well... I'll be quite honest with you, Grimsey, during my years, in the war years there, and the war was just over, well, in 1950 I left out there for good. You know, it was pretty remote because yeah. you couldn't travel hardly. It was difficult travelling anywhere until the war ended. And travel to Gometra was much easier because the roads were looked after, you were saying, and... Oh yeah, well we had no well we had one sort of gravel road in Grimsey and it certainly didn't go right round the whole thing properly. But it well, means of travelling was boats because it's a crofting, fishing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, area. You see. And when you came to to Gometra, who were the people that were there on the island at the time? Well, the owners who were in Gometra when we went there. Mm-hmm. There was. Uh, Colonel Howard and his mm-hmm. wife, Mrs. Howard, and just their three children. Mm-hmm. The eldest girl, the girl was the eldest, uh, going to Elder Ferry School at the time. The man that worked in the big house. They asked John Milne. He was a kind of a uh, housekeeper, cook. Mm-hmm. Alec Matheson used to come over on the Monday till the Saturday. Mm-hmm. What was Alex's job within there? I think he was kind of a tractor man, wasn't he? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Else? Oh, yes, there was, there was Anne Lewis and Peter Lewis. They were brother and sister. What did they do in the island? Now, that's it. What did they do in the island? Peter was a handyman, 
but he was studying for his civil aviation pilot's license at the time. He had been in the RAF. He was Australian. Ah, gosh. And and his sister had been sort of round the world as well, and she was writing a book, and she was doing the housework up in the big house. Wow. Well, helping Mrs Howard. And did her book get published? Yeah, she published it herself. Right. Yes. Was that about life, it was uh, about travel and... Yes, and yeah, it was. And Goma Traffin, I never got a copy of it. Did I? Never. Never. I never got a copy. I got a read of it. She gave me a read of it, but she didn't leave it with me. Oh, not to worry. Where are we now? That's that's uh, that's it. And then down at Balakloy, uh-huh. there, there was there was three people, three natives there. The two men, McFarlane, Angus, and Duncan, and Jane Ann. Ah. And uh, now Duncan was the cattleman. When he retired, he gave up and a young cattleman came. Yeah, that was Robert Mit- Mit- Mitchell <laughs> and then Sheena. <laughs> Gosh. And they had one wee girl, didn't they? Uh-huh. One infant. It didn't last terribly long. They were there about a year. Well, right. Maybe a wee bit more than a year. Uh-huh. And what was life like in Gometra? What 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 was special about it? What, how do you mean special about? Yeah, what was what what made living in Gometra a pleasure? Well, we had very good, warm houses. Yeah, that was one thing, and we had comfort in them because we had electricity and we had hot and cold water. And we had Rayburn. beautiful Rayburns mm. that you could all you had to do was just fill it up, and we went and you could bake your cakes and make my bread in the oven there and uh, the coal was free oh that's pretty good as much as you wanted that's very good yes Puffer <laughs> used to come to the North Harbour really yes full of coal and would it offload onto the shore or onto wagons or well it took it with the tractors it took it away with the tractors wasn't it and what were your role? What was your role on the island when you were there? What were your duties? What did you have Me? to do? Yes. No, I was a housewife because because in the following year I had a, a child. Ah, fantastic! <laughs> Gosh. And how about yourself? What what um, the what were your what were your roles on the island when you were working in Gometra? Oh, look at the livestock. And is there anything that sticks out from that time at all? And uh, were there any special breeds or anything at all? Or well, uh, Highland cattle. Uh, and then they bought special sheep from, from Stirling or Persia, was it? Well known ones. In terms of land, how was it to work? Was it, uh, because of the scale of it, was it quite manageable? Or because of the hilliness of it, was it quite difficult? Oh, it was quite reasonable. Eh? There was low ground and Rough ground, eh? What was the land like? Oh, there was some quite good arable. I'm sure, mm. <laughs> sure it was, Alec was, thought it was asparagus. Mm. <laughs> the colonel was wanting them to sow. Gosh. To, to, 
good uh, some asparagus. Now I was wondering what kind of grass was that. Asparagus, yes. Uh, aye. Was it Jean Anne or Jane Anne, the lady? Jean Anne. Am I right in remembering? She died in in, in Donaris. Had she moved to Ulva at the end of her life? Oh, yes, because Mrs Howard took her up. Did she work, or was she older lady, or...? Oh, her generation never worked. They stayed at home and looked after the men. After the two brothers. Yes. <laughs> the first time I ever heard of her was the year I moved here. I was chatting with Anne MacDonald uh-huh. about yes. stories, and uh, and she said that yeah, she was a lady who'd heard a mermaid. <laughs> a mermaid oh. have you heard that story before at all I'll see if I can get Anne to tell me that that's, that's lovely yeah. were you conscious of the folklore of Gometra at all when you were there no, no people had great imaginations in the days before television yes yeah. and you have no idea I could, some of the, of the people that I remember from my childhood and the stories they could tell you make your hair curl. Is there any that stick out in your memory at all? Ghosts and Ooh, all the things you see and the funerals that they see when past. That comes back again and again. <laughs> in Collinsey, uh, my cousin Neil talked about something similar uh-huh. as well, that he was out in the dark one night and uh, he he, always, he felt he had to move to the side not very, sure. very quickly. Uh-huh. And it was, if someone said to him, aye, that's, that's the path that they, they used to take for the funerals going through there. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, I have often heard of, of, of people saying, I was walking along there along with so-and-so last night, and he said to me, get off the road, get off the road. And, and he says, what's wrong with you? And he says, so-and-so's funeral's going past. <laughs> so there you are. Are there any of the tales from your childhood like that that stick out at all? Is there anything that sort of you go, oh, yes, that was the one that got me? Oh, no, because there was that many of them. And there was every crag and every place had its own gory story. <laughs> and you had to avoid these places. <laughs> they were there for a purpose. Make sure that you didn't climb or, or go into the water when it was too deep for you. <laughs> mm, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. So let's, if it's okay, um, talk for a couple of minutes more about uh, about about your working life on Mull then, if that's all right. So, um, when did you start? Uh, it got, if to finish off with how we told everything we know about Gometra. Yeah, uh, you'll know, of course, that 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 Lady Congleton was Mrs. Howard's mother. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, well, she was a nice old lady. And yeah. she would open gates for people when you were coming with a Land Rover. She thought nothing of that. That's lovely to hear. Exactly. Well, whereas a lot of people would be beneath them to do that. But, um, yeah. And uh, when she died, Mrs Howard, she uh, brought out her siblings. And so them because she wanted all of them. And then they sold Gometra. And how was it having uh, a child on Gometra? What was that like? Well, I was in Glasgow. I went to down to Glasgow. Mm-hmm. It was easier to do that than, than to go to, go to Oban. I didn't know anybody in Oban to. Yeah. Whereas I, I had uh, my sister in, in Glasgow, and there was Doogie's sister in Glasgow as well. She was in the West End. 
And how was it bringing up the, the child? Was it a son or a daughter you had first? Son. Mm-hmm. How was it bringing him up on on Gometra? Well, I'll be quite honest with you. He had a reaction to the to, to the whooping cough vaccine, and I, I was never. We were never really settled there after that. Of course not. Because because the doctor would would not never have had time to no to come back because even though she had just gone over the ferry, you know, yeah, when he took the. When he just collapsed. Oh, well. Uh-huh. <laughs> Toggy always maintained that it wasn't for the good going Rayburn we had in the kitchen that he would have died because he just went white and cold. And we just, uh, you know, you put him beside the Rayburn. Warmed him up yeah. in, 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 in the heat and, and, and so forth. And how did he recover fairly quickly or was it? Oh yes, mm-hmm. oh yes, he did. Uh-huh. And funny thing is, I was all doctor. Have you ever heard of Doctor Flora? No, I don't know Doctor Flora. Who was that? She was Doctor Flora Macdonald, and she was in Salmon. She was the, she was our doctor. Wow. Uh-huh. Where was she from herself? She was from Mull. Right. And and her ancestry goes back to Alba. Because really? She was a Livingston. Ah. Okay. And she told me some stories about about Alba. Are there any of those stories that come to mind at all? Well, there is one in particular about the the white horse that uh, that the blacksmith had. And uh, when they were clearing the the people off, they cleared them down onto the shore yeah. for the boats to come. And they they they, sh- they shot the, his white horse because he was pleading with them to you know to leave the horse. Because he thought so much of it, and nobody just shot it. And he put a curse on them. The Clark family. Yeah, and he said, he said that tree there. He said, when that goes, he says the last of your line will be gone. And according to to Doctor Flora, that was right. It was hit by lightning, and the heir, their heir, was killed. In one of the. I'm not sure, can't remember exactly where it was. It was one of uh, it just it was one of the sort of invasions, whether it was the African coming into Italy or something like that. That sense of sight comes up again and again in our history. Um, mm-hmm. The Kanyahor, uh, the Brand Seer. Yes. He had that as well, and yes, uh, uh-huh. but he would have he would have been so much better if he had told that woman a lie. That I know. Where's my husband? <laughs> Nowhere. He's fine. He's not in France with the ladies. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. That's... <laughs> really. Well, to be quite honest with you, <laughs> so she burnt him in a in a barrel of tar. Oh, well, there you go. She <laughs> wasn't the wrong person, of course. Totally, totally, yeah. So. But those Seaforths, I think they, they met their end as well, that line from, that's what you said, you know, your, oh. your line will end. I think that's what happened oh. to them as well. Oh, is When I came to work in Argyll, you were working with the county council. Yes. It's only in 73, 74, the health boards took over from the from the county councils. Goodness, okay. We were employed by the county councils, 
and they weren't too bad when you think when you think of it. Yeah. The health boards are were different. Yeah. And where was your base when you were once you moved from Gometra, where did you move to? We moved to that cottage across there. <laughs> Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Gosh, and how long were you in there? Nine years. And, it, did, and did then you... we moved to Sunapa, to the farmhouse in Sunapa, because they were amalgamating the, the holdings. And did you have more children as well? Yes, we had one, we had a daughter. Right, uh-huh. okay. And so they were brought up and went to school in Dervik, or Mornish? Mornish. And ah, Alison had a academy. year. Eh? Academy. Mornish had, Academy, yes. Alison had a year in Dervik, I think. Right. Because they, they, closed, they closed Mornish. So your work, um, were you based out of Daenerys? No, no, no. Where was your... No, no, not a... You were never based out of anything. The thing is, as a rule, the nurses had either had a house. Yeah. There was a house in Salin. There was a house in 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 Creganewer, uh-huh. and there was a house in Benesson for the nurses. Right. The, the, there had not been the need for it in Tobin Murray because the nurses that was there always seemed to have a house themselves. Okay. Right. And and in in this area as well, there was one in in Dervig. Mrs. Farkerson had been there before me. Right. And uh, they lived. In that house beside where Tom Tinto. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. You worked from home. Uh-huh. And what was the nature of the work? Was it responding to emergencies? Was it making people better when they were down with things? Or what, what, what was... Well, you did... We'd, uh, we did the, you'd, later on, I went away and did my health visiting as well. And uh, uh, yeah. so it was triple duties. You're you're doing midwifery, you're doing general nursing, and you're doing health visiting, and uh, that brings in your old people and your young. So life and itself, children yeah. as well. Also, until the, uh, well, it was well on in the eighties that they, that they stopped uh, uh, sending. Folk across with the ambulance. We used to have to go in the ambulance. Yeah. As well, in the middle of the night. Yeah. And go on that old tub that was called the Lochtoskig. Don't know that one. You know, you're here, you're lucky. You see the, you see the water coming in through the seams of the hole. Oh, no. Not fun. Are there any of any events from from your time in nursing that really stick out? Any births at all that were kind of quite remarkable or anything? Well, I don't know. There's uh, there's uh, uh, one one in Dervig in that that uh, the Naras was full. They had no uh, place there, and and it was a very very uh, windy night. And a gale on, and it was a first baby, and those days, oh, they wouldn't want to allow a, a first baby to be born at home. Yeah. Well, that one was, and everything went back on. Since that was still alive, should I be telling you? Yeah, that's fine, yeah. David McFarlane. Oh, David. Uh-huh. Gosh. Who else is Colin Morrison was one of mine, but he was born in Daenerys. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, she, I think she was one of the ones that were sent home from the clinic, and they said to her, oh, "Go home. It'll be a week or a fortnight yet." And she went into labour that night. 
<laughs> I remember that one right enough. But we had some hairy experiences with, with, with getting patients away. <laughs> and because once the lifeboat came, of mm-hmm. course, it was much, they started using it as an ambulance. And yeah. That was, uh, that, was that. Uh, I was going to tell yeah. you something about Colin. So you got that? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, yeah, yeah, I'd love to know. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, we had a visit here from a nephew of Doogie's last week. Oh, Nowadays, he spends half his life in Canada and half his life in in this country. I think he was between sort of universities of Glasgow and Edinburgh and Ottawa. Oh, lovely. Wow. But he was in Colonsey, he said. Fantastic. And he, he, live, he lives actually in, down in Nova Scotia. Is that the Francis Xavier University or something like that? No, it's not the university there. It's, I think it's the Ottawa one right. that he... he right. He he, go, he goes more to and his wife, I think. She belongs to, to, to uh, Nova Scotia, so they've got oh. a house down there. But he said, was she a judge or something, the woman that he was, that, that a neighbour of theirs down there. And uh, he was telling, she's, she was uh, uh, telling him some stories about Collinsy, because she had been in Scotland and she had been Collinsy, but she had some connections with Collinsy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I have a story to tell you. He says, I've just been to Collinsey. And he said, I saw, he says, the silver spike that that Donald Smith used to 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 put the two inside the railway together when no. they met. So obviously the Collinsey man's got that. Strathcona, yeah. You see, that was, he was a cousin of the... Howards. Of the Howards. Yeah. And because I... Because we, when the cheques that we used to get in, at the end of the month was mm-hmm. Bank of Montreal, so there's still the money. There was still money in those days, but the, the Howard spent all that money over there. Yeah. So Howard, his bank, she said, "What are they doing with that?" She said, "It should, should be in Canada. That belongs to Canada." <laughs> <laughs> she said, "That must come back." <laughs> no worries about it. Yeah. She maybe been back demanding this spike. <laughs> the last spike, yeah. Yes, right. connecting the, the when the two railways met. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh well. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Morgan Dougie. It was an absolute honour to get to spend time chatting with you about your lives. We talked quite a lot on either side of the recording too, and at one point Morag shared a brilliant memory which I failed to record about Grimsey and the end of the Second World War. To mark the end of the war, the people of the island, mostly older and younger folk as the rest were away at war, as you've heard, climbed to the highest point with bits of old boats and then burned them in a great big pyre. That's my dog scratching its ear. Are you finished? Ripley. Ripley. Thank you. Now, it was absolutely fascinating to spend time with both Morgan Doogie and I look forward to seeing them again soon. Now, for some years I've wanted to make a film about Mull, using the footage of the island from various movies that have been shot here over the years. Last week I managed to finally get around to it. 
Georgia, my wife, pointed out that it needed quotes from the films to make it come to life a little bit more, and so she set out to work sourcing some memorable lines. If you want to see it, there's a link to it on the website. As these podcasts take quite a lot of time to make, I'm looking to fundraise through donations, so if you feel like it and you're able to, please feel free to donate the cost of a cup of coffee through the website. You'll see a donate tab there where you can donate if you so wished. I've also got a Patreon page for donations, which you can find under my name, Alistair Satchel. If you want to contribute to that, you're very welcome. Thank you so much to those of you that have contributed. I really appreciate it. And a special thank you to Lindsay for your support. That means a lot. Thank you. But don't worry if you can't donate or you don't want to. I'd much rather you listen than not. And if you wanted to sponsor any of the episodes to come as a business, please feel free to drop me a line. Also, to help me grow the podcast, if you could do this, this would be absolutely magic. If you could leave a rating or a review on whichever platform you use to listen, I'd be really grateful. Thank you also to those of you who reach out to say hello. It's always wonderful to hear from you. As ever, the webpage, whatwedointhewinter.com, has all the links and info you'll need from this episode. And we can be found on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I've got a few more episodes in the system just waiting to be edited and some more conversations lined up in the coming weeks. So it's full steam ahead, but maybe not at the episode a week rate as before, as it's more likely to be every couple of weeks. I'm also keen to try and pull off a live event before the tourist season kicks off again, so keep your ears peeled for lawn. And finally, I'm very happy indeed to say that our next episode comes from the Isle of Iona. Now, I need to get more time in the Ross and on Iona, so I'm trying to find ways to get there when I can. Go you. Thank you for listening. Wherever you may be, I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Morning time. Shenakate. <laughs> Ba 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 